Hey, we're the Ragamuffins and we have a podcast every month where we talk about all the latest releases as well as other topics and trends in alternative music. But this month was so fucking stacked, we've decided to record a little bonus episode to talk about all of the new music. So here is Bonus Bangers. So, Architects released another banger out of nowhere, didn't they? Loads of bands have released bangers out of nowhere, hence why we've had to record a bonus segment to the podcast. So many in 48 hours, including this absolute tune, um, did not see it coming. I've seen Sam talk about online how this is not anything left over from for those that wish to exist. This is something completely new that they've written recently. One thing I think when we've had brief conversation, Alex, that I kind of mentioned first of all, is that it does have moments that sound very Beartooth-esque compared to the last album that they released. Yeah, that was the first thing that struck me is that main intro riff, but then also the the breakdown, the closed hi-hat breakdown was like mm-hmm. something straight from below. But the thing that surprised me, I was listening to an episode of The Downbeat, and I can't remember which one it was, and he Craig talked about how he feels like Architects fans are so conditioned to having a really polished production sound that something that was a bit more raw would be a bit too much of a shock to the system. But I think that actually, for me, it's been quite refreshing. Like, I think it depends how long you've been an Architects fan. Like you've been a fan since pretty much yeah. the start, really. So you've been used to when, like Hollow Crown kind yeah, of yeah. era, when they were—I wouldn't say they were raw, but they weren't as polished as they are now. Yeah. So and even, to, even to older yeah. fans, it's not anything new, I guess. Because even little little details like having the the drumsticks count the song in, which is sort of unnecessary because the song then starts with only the guitar. But I, I feel like that's a really deliberate choice to make it feel like as raw as possible. It might just be Dan's sense of humour as well, to be fair. Well, yeah, that's true. But for the song, just being the song, um, it's got some great riffs straight away. And I love like the double time once like the vocals kick in, once like the whole band kind of get into that verse section, the whole kind of like changing that tempo just really pushes that song forward. And then even the second verse when it comes in, there's like additional production. You can hear more electronics. It's almost like... Not them copying in any way, but you're seeing like how Sleeps have developed and they've put their like electronics in and obviously both of them being friends with each other between the bands that they might be seeing things that people are doing in this scene in particular and kind of adding that in. And I think it, it does add to their overall sound with that. And these verses are very, really short and quick. And it felt like that chorus hit so, so quickly and was really, really impactful. Yeah, I think part of why the chorus sounds so amazing and hits as powerfully as you say is because of how short and intense the verses are. Like... I didn't check the like the time note or anything, but like the chorus comes in so quickly. I think based on the music video, like there's intro verse, bam, you're already at a chorus. It, it's something like 51 seconds in. Yeah, I remember like cause I remember watching it last night because that's the other thing. I really love the music video. That kind of one shot continuously going round. Um, it was just really really cool and kind of again different. You don't see that often. Um, obviously, like we've seen like in the Sleeps ones, they do a lot of one shot and they've tried doing that before with like four walls. And so again, like you're kind of getting these nice influences bouncing off of each other. Um, but no, it's just like a really cool, different kind of video compared to just a standard performance in a way. I think that adds to the rawness as well, though, because like when you think about um, the the most recent thing we've had from Artex has been them with a massive fucking orchestra at, at Abbey Road. And then before that, them playing at the Albert Hall. So for them to strip it back to just them in a circle, I think it is one shot it, yeah i yeah. think it's just like 
it was the best thing they could do because I feel like there was definitely a worry in a subsection of the fans that they were going to start leaning towards like a radio rock sound. Yeah, and create f- some kind of disconnect. Yeah, and I feel like this is sort of uh, it's hooked me way back in. I think I think we mentioned on a previous previous podcast episode that they're not very active on social media anymore and kind of maybe that connection to the fans is being lost. So like you say, maybe this is kind of a way to claw some of that back. But also with that as well, I've seen Sam and Dan tweeting with like, I don't know how to describe it. Like just tweeting like with genuine real excitement rather than just new song, 6 p.m. full stop. Just regular like, band promo shit. Yeah, regular band promo yeah. shit. It's like this This is actually them just being so gassed on the song and, and being gassed at all. So I can't wait to hear it live as well. That's the thing I even saw today about them putting out oh, like 10 days until tour. This this tour that we're going to see them on very, very soon now, it's been pushed back so many times, whether it be the virus we shall not name, whether it be the uh, birth of Dan's, I think, second kid, which congrats to him. Um, yeah, like this has been a tour they've wanted to do for so long. They're going back to Ali Pali where I know we went and saw them down and at one of their biggest shows they'd kind of done at that point and it was after they lost Tom and it, it was a very, very big moment. And I think this is going to be a tour that I think is going to really help define them as top tier again. It's not like they fell off or anything, but it's that like reaffirmation it's, of it's their high. It's been a while, isn't it? It's yeah. been a bit of a break. Like they had, they seem to have so much momentum and then nothing for like a year and a half. They played some small shows more recently, mm. but arenas is the level they're at now and places like Ali Pali is where they're going to really shine. And this song is going to sound good with that chorus. That chorus is going to have such a big crowd sing along. And the thing is, with the production as well, that they always have amazing production. It's just going to be such a show. So opener, quite possibly. Ooh, yes, quite possibly. That's that's a strong. The, you strong just statement. the thing is as well as like when we heard the Beartooth album and there were the closed eye hat breakdowns, it it fell flat. Whereas this one, I could already see the pit at Ali Pali for that song. I think going with that though, with the Beartooth one, they did that song after song that was repeated so I think like after you hear it the first song I think it might have been on hell of it when that came out you're a bit like okay cool something different I it's like, like it it's like a signature for Beartooth whereas for Architects it's something they haven't really mm. done before so I guess that makes it a little bit more exciting mixing it up so continuing with the absolutely insane uh, 48 hours that we've had of releases Tala a new, another new song I think I made you guys aware of it because they hadn't announced anything about this really at all and I was just heading on the bus into work, opened up Spotify, and you know, you get that little notification at the top, and it's like, oh, like a new release or something. That usually new. comes about three days late for me. That's the thing. This came up, and all of a sudden, I see Tala, the Impressionist. And I was like, oh, shit, new Tala song. And again, it slaps. Um, Justin's incredible. Let's just get out of the way. Like, I feel he's got such a way of like getting your attention and telling a story, which is again very important with Tyler because you look at Matrifogy and you look at the whole concept behind it I think it just draws you in and you end up like really listening to his vocals and I think you don't always get that with a lot of bands where you're drawn into the lyrics and kind of very like listening intently um, so I think that's something very very cool this is the thing a bit like Machine Gun Kelly we said we weren't really going to review any of his songs again because we always end up saying the same thing I feel like it's the same for Tala, but in a better way yeah like Justin's vocals are always just insane 
and the band just always sound like they're just having the best time experimenting and it sounds great um there's kind of a stuttered start until the strum chords come in to kind of jump start the whole song there's a really cool drum segment in the middle Beautiful. and a nice guitar towards the end as well it is and that kind of solo comes in out of nowhere um it just rips and I, I love that kind of switch up in the middle of the song where it just drops out. They seem to still be able to, I think, surprise listeners. There's such a sound that's distinct with Tala that you, you can kind of recognize it by their tones and, and what you're hearing. Um, but yeah, they that solo. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I think what I like the most about Tala is that they've not shied away from sort of embracing the new metal uh, genre that they've been attributed to and it feels like now they're at a point where i mean matrifugy was amazing now they're not even reinventing the wheel they're just breaking the wheel they're like, doing what they want yeah they've they've taken all the things that are great about new metal turned them up to 11 and then on top of that they've got one of the best vocalists one of the best drummers and then they're just doing whatever the fuck they want musically as well the, the thing is with that like new metal kind of vibe with it i really felt like they put like Musen's DJ parts much higher in the mix as well and like really pushed that like hearing that felt like it just added to the chorus like the scratches and that and the wall of sound that they kind of create as a band and then I feel like as that chorus just slams anyway but for the most part throughout the song it feels like they're cool we're at a nice 100% level we're like all performing top tier and then when it gets to that last chorus it's just a slightly bigger crescendo it's like they've gone from that 100% to like 150 and they've just raised it so much higher, just closing off that song so, so strong. I find it quite funny that this is probably one of the tamer songs. I know, and that's the that weird says thing. A lot. Yeah. It's just an incredible band that I think we're all desperate to see at some point. So much so that we, we've had discussion considering just going, getting like a Bloodstock Day ticket, pretty much for the most part, to see Tala. Um, so hopefully they're going to tour the UK soon and we can go because I'm very desperate to see them. I think also another thing that's interesting is um, knowing the concepts in advance of this album, whereas with Matrifugy, we're sort of learning after the fact. It's cool to see where this, like, the story sort of unfolding, you know, piece by piece out of order at the moment, because this feels like the song where, in the canon of the story, where the scientist snaps and realises, like, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to go my own way. So it's just, it's fun as a fan to sort of be able to watch the pieces sort of fall into place and see where the story's going to go next so yeah you guys played the game yet no i haven't it's quite interesting might have to give it a go a bit later on now maybe we should do a let's play (laughs) that's a good idea you heard it here first (laughs) switching gears completely we got a new song from dan's favorite band the wonder years (laughs) when you give us your thoughts first then dan i mean for me as a long time the wonder years fan it's an instant hit um it's got a well-written melody uh, well, it's really well written. The melody of the verses match up really nicely. Uh, sonically, I feel like it's kind of a mashup of their recent two albums, but lyrically, it's almost like an Aaron West song. In the way, there's kind of this character in Madeline and this other person that's trying to contact them, seemingly, um, and it tells such a clear story using literal and metaphorical imagery with the lyrics. Um, like I heard, the tide is coming in. You're lost in the grey with two broken legs trying to swim. Um, and then the lyric Madeline I love you but we both know how this ends is a massive callback to the song Madeline off of The Greatest Generation Um, the bridge section as well I love 
Um, the repeated shouting of Madeline is like they're trying to call out to her. Um, and I love the refrain in the pre-chorus as well, like another day up in flames, or the way that repeats kind of another day, another day. Mm. I've got n- not much more to add, but I also felt the um, the Aaron West sort of influence in terms of this like quite character driven song. Yeah. Um, and I mean, super- there's, there's still debate amongst the fan base as to whether this is going to be like a normal The One Years album, whether it's going to be a, a bit more of a concept album. Oh, OK. That'd the fact that they've used the name Madeline suggests it's about this same person from the previous album. Yeah. But there's still some people that think it could be a concept album that they're creating characters. That would be really cool to see. I also just love Soupy's delivery. Because, like, he, he could be reading me a Chinese menu. And I'd be, like, <laughs> choking up. But then you combine that with, you know, the, some of the lyrics you just read out. And it's just, just what, can't help but just love it. But also just sort of wallow in the feeling of, that he's creating. So That's the thing, it kind of bounces along like a nice kind of punky song but then the contents of the lyrics and the emotion behind the delivery like you mentioned is kind of quite sad and desperate almost like a last chance i don't have much more character because you've pretty much nailed everything i've kind of got like written down for it It it's just such a well-written song and that's the first thing i've gotten here and i just didn't know what to expect coming into it because I think I was a little bit 50-50 on the album. Some of it I loved, some of it was not like my immediate kind of like, oh, this is what gets me as and, a music fan. And it was an old album as well. Exactly. Before. So that this, absolutely loved it straight away. And I thought the vocals just stand out so strong over the instrumentals. And like you said, with the melodic sections, the guitar works fun, it's riffy. And then those melodies that kind of come in underneath, really, really beautiful. And I think the snare drum sounds beautiful. Like there's a second verse where there's a kind of like the small section with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely lovely. The tones, the production, it just sound tight. Um, I'm a very big fan of this, yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. Sorry, every time you say, you've said the word tones twice now and it just makes me think of Francis. <laughs> my friend <laughs> my friend Gordon's coming through with some tones. <laughs> Sorry. It's that just, it just distracted me a little bit. Next so we're switching things up once again. It's Veil of Maya with Synthwave Vegan. Oh my God, I love yeah, this. Bloody hell. <laughs> There's been such a fan call out for like Heavy Veil to come back for quite a long time. Ever since like Lucas kind of joined, um, there was a bit of a change and they went from a more deathcore kind of route to a more metalcore route. And fans have embraced it. They've done some killer tunes like Viscera, Outsider, like the singles that have come out members only since 2017's False Idol. Great. We've got a lovely distinction in the sound. And then Outrun, the last single that came out from that, being very much more melodic they just felt fuck it and the the heaviness that they've got in this is ridiculous like you've got the wonderful dissonance which you're always going to get in veil but it's just all of them going full pelt lucas's vocals are just heavy and incredible and that's the thing because i think i played you alex some of his side projects before and he's got such beautiful sung vocals but he's it's very much like Mark, guitarist, showed him this riff and he was like, yep, I'm just going to scream the whole way through this and it's going to be fucking heavy. And I, I love it. It feels like there's a trend at the moment in metalcore and deathcore to just make the most disturbing noises possible and accompany them with some of the heaviest guitar riffs you've ever heard. Yeah. And Maya have done it here as well. Um, partnered with kind of the odd stuttery time signatures as well. It just makes it quite a visceral listen. 
Yeah, I mean, you could just tell from like the first two seconds and the glitch and the dropout, you're just like, oh, fuck, here it comes. And um, yeah, just unrelenting. And I think it just speaks to how good this band are at writing songs that they had an old, whole album, did away with it, and are now putting out the run of songs that they've been on is unreal. So the interesting part that I've seen with that is I think it was Mark who put out on Twitter that all of the songs they released prior to this, so you've got Members Only, Outsider, Viscera, and Outrun, none of those are going to be on this album. Is this on the album, though? This is going to be on the album. Okay. But you look at those those four songs being absolutely incredible, and like Outsider in particular was the one that, me being very late and probably the biggest fan here of it, got me into Vale. Um, the fact that like these amazing songs aren't going to be on there makes me so excited to see what's actually going to be on this release alongside Synthwave Vegan, because... Man, I am hyped. Yeah, massive tune. From one massive tune to another, we've got the last single before Static Dress's album, Flea House. I just, I don't think there's a more exciting band in the scene right now, just doing stuff that are captivating everyone's attention. Just doing all the right things, aren't they? I just, I, I got, I just got nothing but compliments for this band. I just, I really love this song. I feel like, um, it's just so effortless how they can combine like pure chaos with melody. Like whether it's Ollie singing really a really nice, beautiful melody over the top of like chaotic guitars or him screaming over a really beautiful guitar part. It's yeah. just like it, that constant clash is just creating such a strong mood and then you get lifted up into a chorus and it's just... I think the yeah. unpredictability as well. You never really know where any of these songs are going to take you. I think my main takeaway from this song is Ollie's screams yeah like he's screamed before in other songs but I think this is the best we've heard from him in that department so far I'm pretty sure I said when we reviewed whatever the last single was I can't remember off the top of my head but I'm, I'm still kind of waiting for that single to come out that's going to be like yeah okay now now I got this now I'm into this and this is it um, definitely my favourite song I've heard by them the intro is just strong it continues great mix I love the cymbal sound they they just sound so crisp every kind of time it hits and goes through different different symbols. It's beautiful. Um, the back and forth he has with the vocal delivery in the second verse was lovely. Um, and it just helps like with the progression. It feels like it's a very natural song and how it goes. Like the structure flows beautifully. And you just kind of find yourself just having your head bobbing along to it without even realizing, I think, sometimes. Um, so, yeah, the static dress, they've got me now. So, yeah. Yes, come on. And also, I'm excited to see how this fits into the context of the album because we meant, we were messaging earlier and said about that every decision they do is the attention to detail is so on point that everything's got meaning and everything has its place. So I'm just really excited to see or hear everything in context because they've been building this world for so long, this sort of the VHS sort of motel room vibes. And it feels like everything's going to come to a head with this album and I've Really excited. And finally, we've got Foxglove by Boston Manor. Yeah, they're just fucking sick, aren't they? They're just slaps, don't it? Incredible. I, I can't think of a band in like the scene at the moment that's this like effortlessly cool. In just yeah. in just the the sound, the presentation, especially in the way that Henry delivers his lyrics. I love that on this. The way I mean he's always been great at it. Yeah. He's probably been one of the best at it, but the way that he kind of switches from the cleans up. Into up that, the, up the scale into the scream, yeah, is just effortless, like you said. Yeah, I mean they've they know exactly what their sound is now, and they're just 
every song now is just honing that in further. And I, I think it's just really great. And also I like that their sort of vibe for the past sort of few releases has just been, I'm a bit of a piece of shit and I quite like it. I think staying on that with like Henry's vocals, they sound fantastic. And then, like you said, when, when the harshness came in, it just got my attention even more. But what I've learned from kind of getting into them more recently is the lyrics and the phrasing. It's just something they do incredibly well and how like he'll go over the bar lines and how the, the lines just flow into each other. And again, it's like I mentioned earlier with Justin from Tala. I find myself just listening so intently to what he's saying. And it just kind of like really gets a grasp and just holds on to you for that moment. Um, instrumentally, it's just lovely. The verse builds so nicely. And I love how the drums changed as it goes through more like a tambourine hit to then like closed hi-hats. Then even the drum beat completely changing in the second verse. Like again, a, a beautiful natural progression in that song. And I just can't wait to see them at Trees. I'm, I'm, yeah. barely, I'm kind of holding back from saying I can't wait to see them at Download because it would depend on the clashes a bit on that because I think they're on a very like stacked day at Download in terms of where they could be on with that. They are 100% a lock-in for me to go and see at Trees. I would love to see them at download as well and get like the two in close proximity. I can't guarantee that. However, I absolutely you'll, fucking love You'll be song. seeing them soon, regardless. Either way, I'm gassed to see Boston Man in the summer. I felt like the start of this song as well, like the thumping drum beat and kind of the bassy, almost bassy like riff was a bit Royal Blood-like at the start. Yeah. And then it kind of transforms back into this Boston Manor beast that we know. I think also we've spoken a lot about bands that should headline download and stuff, but I see Boston Manor as a future slam dunk headliner. Yeah. Like, yeah I think I they've got, they've just got this air about them now of like, it's unmistakably them. And the thing is they've, they could now just churn out all these songs that sound the same, but they're managing to do little things every time that make each song feel different and fresh. They still feel distinct and you, yeah. you can differentiate which song is which. It's not stale in any way, even though, like you say, they have that kind of that sound that you can recognise instantly as them. It's all about their versatility. I mean, they started out as a pop punk band, so they've they've still got that in their locker. That's where they've cut their teeth. Mm. But like, they're big fans of bands like Nine Inch Nails. You can you can sense that influence in their in their sound. Yeah, massively. Um, I think Henry likes quite a lot of hip hop. So there's so many different influences that they're now obviously channeling through and making this kind of cocktail of. Sonic goodness, yeah. Tunes, all all six of these songs, fucking bangers. A nice little mini review section separate from the podcast, talking about an incredible forty-eight hours of music, varying genres, varying God, music's, artists. Music's good, isn't it? Fucking love it. And also, you know, just to reiterate how good the British music scene is at the moment, Architects one of the best bands in the country. Boston Manor on the up, Static Dresser making huge waves. It just goes to show that we're doing bloody good. There's not many things to be proud of being from Britain at the moment, yeah. but our music scene is one thing. And the thing is, we haven't even talked about other like British bands that we're going to be coming out with the podcast, like Buried Tomorrow, While She Sleeps. This music scene is absolutely killing it right now. So all good things. And when you let us know in the comments which of these songs you liked, what your favourite one is, uh, all your thoughts, feelings and observations. <laughs> and subscribe to here our main podcast where we'll be reviewing even more songs. Nice. <laughs>